Welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. We're here to create comfort along the entrepreneurial journey and really the life journey. Join us for inspiring, dynamic conversations that make the arduous process of venturing out into the unknown feel more doable because we believe in making the impossible possible. We hope you'll join us as we play in the infinite. So pull up a seat, grab a blanket, let's get cozy. Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. It is your host, Garrett Wood, soon to be Garrett Wood Kuzmeyers. I swear I'll stop saying that soon because it's just going to be Garrett Kuzmeyers. Uh, and I'm here for a solo cast and excited to be um, sort of checking in on who and where I am in space and time. It is April 6th, just a few days before you're hearing this, and I am just getting back from a very frustrating OB appointment. And so I want to share that um, after having 14 months of not getting pregnant, um, and for those of you who don't know, I literally thought about getting pregnant with Declan and he just like showed up. Um, I could not be more frustrated with the medical system. It's very aligned with my frustrations around my hospital birth that you can tune into on my birth story if that interests you. Just scroll back to episodes back in April and you'll find it. Um, I just am sitting here grateful that after I record this, I am going to sit with my holistic health practitioner, Olivia Wagner, who has actually been a guest on this podcast at the end of 2022. And I recommend if you're struggling with hormone health or gut health that you go check her out. Um, I've worked with numerous, uh, well not numerous, I've recorded numerous gut health expert podcasts here and um, there are so many resources here if you guys are struggling with health and and one another perspective. Um, Obviously we're not here to talk about gut health and hormone health but we are going to talk about wellness today so I figured I'd open up with what's real for me. Uh, but Olivia is amazing. And one of the stories that she posted recently, she was at a fertility conference and she basically they shared in her stories this little infographic that had um, nine, I can't remember if it was nine or 12 markers of unexplained infertility can actually be explained <laughs> by like some other key factors that you can test for. And so the root of my frustration uh, comes from bringing lab, res- lab requests to my doctor and my doctor literally did not know what four of the tests were. And I gave it to them. Uh, my bulldog, my inner bulldog came out. Um, the doctor actually um, remained, you know, untriggered in a really good way and, and was, you know, open to all of my feedback, but it was a pretty gnarly conversation. So anyway, um, did the urea plasma test as well, which is, um, it's a, it can be a bacterial infection in the uterine, uh, not uterine, um, urinary tract that can go unnoticed and actually cause infertility and that's one of the low-hanging fruits but i had especially requested the doctor was not going to do that for me i just read about it online and asked and they did it so that's like i guess one positive but today is um, a requested episode and i'm so grateful that you guys feel open to dm me and share feedback on the podcast or text me email me because that's how we co-create together and um, i was sitting with um, the desire to share about the retreat i just went on with my husband jeff and it was so amazing um and I was like, I don't know if people want to know about it. And then you guys said you did. So here we are today. Um, 
And yeah, we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm going to share kind of how we found out about it, what it entailed, why it was interesting to us, and what I took away from it. And the overarching lesson, as you can tell from the title, is that um, what it brought me back into remembrance of is that our wounds are our wisdom. So let's get into it. Hopefully it won't be too long. So I have followed Sam Whiting since at least 2020. I'm not sure how I knew of him other than just seeing him in people's stories in the Boston space because he um, is a breathwork uh, and I guess you could call him wellness coach, uh, Wim Hof trained breathwork coach that um, it was Boston based. He's from Massachusetts and we lived in Boston at the same time, both in the wellness space. Our paths never crossed like at Barry's or anything like that, but um, I don't know how they really didn't because one of his best friends um, was one of my first friends in Boston. And his name is Lucas, Lucas Winthrop, and Lucas has been on this podcast. So when I posted the episode with Lucas in 2020, we talked about um, men in spirituality and also wealth and abundance because he is a, um, a wealth manager. Um, Sam, the um, teacher who we just went on a retreat with, uh, messaged me and said, hey, I love this episode. Like, thanks for sharing. So I started following him and I see him doing cold plunges all of the time. I was like, it looks like he moved out west somewhere. I wasn't really sure. Um, but one of the things he started doing during the pandemic, and obviously I started following him in like March of 2020, was doing Saturday sessions and they were live free breathwork sessions. Um, he did them on Zoom and from the playlists to his voice to his own spirituality to the actual class, I found it to be the quickest way for me to access like a really transcendental state um, that is very hard to get to in meditation if you're just like, okay, I'm gonna close my eyes and sit here in silence and like zen out. It's like, no, usually, your mind wants to go wild and you know you just get stuck in your head more and obviously i have some of my own favorite um meditations like joe dispenza's tuning into new potentials uh but i also have tried the route of just sitting in stillness and it's freaking hard and so what i found with sam's classes and the guided breath work is that it felt a lot more like a workout and you're squeezing your uh core and then you're you know sometimes yes you do things with your arms and pace your breath differently and your brain can focus on the task at hand like a workout like i need to lift this weight and pull it up to my rib cage or i need to hold this weight under my chin and do a squat right your brain can focus on the actual directives while the directives are actually bringing your physical state into a different shift, like literally chemical shifts because different hormones wire and fire with different patterns of breath work. So a quick example of that that is not my example, it's Sam's and it's just a great example that he shared on the retreat is like when someone jumps out from behind a corner and scares you, you go, oh! And you inhale, right? Because your body's trying to get that cue to adrenaline to like fight or flight, right? And at the end of the day, you lay down in bed and you might say, <sighs> strong exhale, right? To turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. So we know that different types of breathing change our chemistry. And that, to me, shifts my actual meditative frequency as well in a way that's easier than just trying to get there without 
was just sitting in silence and no guidance, right? So I fell in love with the Saturday sessions in 2020. I did them in, um, I did a lot of replays because I could not always make the lives. I think I only made two lives with him, but um, you know, feels the same. And I did them in May and June, or April, May, and some in June. Then I had my traumatic teeth incident, and then I got pregnant. And I, I think I tried doing one maybe when I was pregnant, and I told my friend Sarah Gaines about how much I love the classes. She's like, hey, I'm just getting an intuitive message to like tell you that maybe you shouldn't do that while pregnant. She's like, I don't know. I'm not a Wim Hof breathwork person, but like ask Sam. So I, I messaged him. I was like, hey, like I love your classes. I am pregnant. Nobody really knows yet, but like, can I do this? And he was like, honestly, it's kind of contraindicated if you haven't been doing it for a long time and, you know, you can get lightheaded and tingly and you're, you're already like dizzy sometimes when you're pregnant anyway. So he was like, yeah, I'd advise against it. So I missed it, right? And then after baby, I started getting back into it and I had Jeff do some with me and um, Jeff is not one to just sit down and meditate, but similarly, it's a really good access point for stepping towards meditative-like practices um, through breathwork. So we were kind of uh, in a place where Jeff could do it, I could do it. I've taken a client through one of Sam's classes, um, loved it. And then I was trying to figure out last fall, like November, December, what we were going to do for Jeff's birthday. And my goal had always been to throw him like a really big 40th birthday. And I actually still might. But while I was still like, are we going to do this? Are we not? Like, I don't really want to rent out a bar. Like, it's not nice enough in New Hampshire to like go in the backyard all of Jeff's friends have kids or are having kids and you can't really coordinate a big group couples trip that easily, even if it's four months out. And all of a sudden, Sam shares on his Instagram that he was doing a Jackson Hole winter experience that I was like, oh, that's going to be cold immersion. That's going to be breath work. Holy crap, this is awesome. So I floated it to Jeff and he was because I said, do you want do you want to do a trip or do you want to do a party? And he said party. And then I was like, well, I found this trip. And we both were kind of laughing. Um, but we did also both acknowledge that we, less than a year ago, had our wedding. And uh, this is a story for another time, but my, I kind of had a crazy thing happen with my wedding where so many of my close friends could not come. And it's my biggest regret around my wedding that some people that I love so much like weren't there. Um, but all of Jeff's were. Jeff has a smaller group of friends, but they're really tight-knit. They were all there. And we had so much fun with them. And so I was like, well, we did just have like a blowout party three-day trip with all your friends. And he's like, okay, you have a point. Plus, Jackson Hole is Jeff's favorite place. So I promise I'm going to get into the benefits and all the stuff. But I just want, I always love to give the backstory. So we signed up um, because there was a couple, not a, it wasn't labeled a couple suite, but there was a king size room. It was more expensive, but um, it actually, I think, ended up being cheaper per person because we were just paying the room rate. And anyway, we decided to go. The day before the trip happened, Declan was super sick from daycare, and we were like, maybe we missed, you know, the daycare sickness for a while because he had been going for two or three weeks and hadn't been sick yet. And then, of course, it hits him. So we were really nervous to leave. And then on the way there, Jeff started feeling unwell. And by that afternoon, he had the norovirus and was, you know, having things come out both ends. And it sucked. He had to miss the first breathwork session, and he had to miss the first full day. So not 
the greatest on that front. Um, but he was able to participate in the second full day, which I'll tell you guys about, and the third. And I think he technically did three breathwork sessions, the third of which I'm so excited to tell about because it was the most powerful thing I've ever experienced in this lifetime in the spiritual realm, except for birth. I guess that's pretty powerful. Um, but it was also pretty painful. So what's really cool is I didn't realize this, but the two chefs that were doing all the meals are actually Sam's friends, uh, Corey Burns and Devin. I'm totally spacing his name, but Devin, um, he's known as MTV Devin on Instagram because apparently he's like a reality TV star. I also did not know that. Um, And that vibe of having his friends be there as support for all of us, plus being a part of the co-created creation of the weekend with making food and making it so thoughtful was so cool. Um, you can just tell what good friends they are. And, um, they were like our hype people and wrote like motivational notes on our food that we packed for lunch one day. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then I guess it kind of goes without saying, but it was a co-ed space. Like I actually just, I signed up assuming because obviously it was going to be a male teacher, and I, you know, I could read that there were going to be male chefs, like that it was going to be code, but I hadn't really processed that because my experience with retreats has been all women retreats, which are, you know, obviously equally powerful. But I was like, you know, aside from uh, when my family takes a trip to this place called Lost Valley Ranch, like I've never done like, or if I've taken trips with friends, like it felt almost kind of like the real world or like a reality show because you have men and women in a house together that are almost virtually all strangers. And what a cool, I mean, you're talking to an extroverted Enneagram 7, so (laughs) sounds like my cup of tea, right? Um, I loved it. I don't think Jeff would necessarily have been like, yeah, I want to do a retreat and meet a bunch of new people because he's more introverted and not an Enneagram 7. Um, However, he really wanted to learn from Sam. He knows how beneficial the cold plunging is he's done his own research he's listened to a lot of Huberman posts or podcasts um, and he's been doing a lot of cold showers now for probably at least six months so he's built up some of his own cold exposure stamina and um, he wanted to uh, he's a little more compartmentalizing and needs a little more like one thing at a time with guidance to learn like he wants to carve out a day to just learn about breath work and have a teacher there, right? He's not going to like try to do it on his own in between calls or after work. Um, So for him, it was the perfect way to just kind of dive in and dive in with an expert that can speak to all of the science and benefits. So that was pretty cool for him um, and and one of the motivating factors for why he was going there. Um, We stayed at this really cool place called Ranchero Alegre, 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 and um, the like house manager who's like 25 also male was like hanging out with us at dinners and always around if we had questions and the house I just have to give a moment for the house because it was a true character in the weekend so the house I think was built in the 50s it's an it was like a red barn style looking house there were chickens there were goats so that was pretty awesome um but it was built by this Russian family that had an affinity for collecting antiques. The oldest piece in the house was a 1300s mantle, like that was up on it was like up on the wall. But it was a mantle from the 1300s. We slept in a room with a headboard from the 1600s. 
um, just artifact after artifact, like an old telephone, like the kind where you have to like hold the piece up to your ear and speak into another. Just so many cool pieces, like every nook and cranny of the house. And it was like a 10,000 or 7,000 square foot house, but built old style with like different parlors and different rooms and different sitting areas. It was just the coolest, like the coolest thing. There were two different fireplaces that were constantly going and a back deck and, um, I love Colorado. Colorado is like my favorite place. Wyoming is Jeff's. Um, if you've been to a mountain town in the summer, you will know that like the summer's almost arguably more magical than winter because like you expect winter and you expect skiing in those types of places. But then in the summer, it's just a whole other level of magic. And the house manager Rex even said, he was like, you know, it's even cooler in the summer. So I'm hoping we can maybe do one of our full circle feminine retreats there sometime. Um, just because it's just so perfect for hosting people. Um, but anyway, that was the place we had a warm welcome by guests. There was an outdoor fire stove. Um, the food was absolutely incredible and there were 10 of us. So when you add in Sam and, um, the chefs and photographer, there, uh, you know, we could all sit around like one of the big tables, which was pretty cool. So that's a little bit about the setting. So the agenda was that, um, well, there was a cold tub, an edge of theory cold tub. I'll link it in the show notes. That's where Sam works out in Encinitas, I think. Um, there's a cold tub on the patio that was kind of like, Hey, go in whenever you want that is there for your use. Um, but we did an opening breathwork session on Thursday and then a big group dinner, Friday we woke up, we did a big um, group breath, or actually Friday, two of us were like, let's let's go cold plunge. And I had never done it in a tub proper, like really 30 degree cold type of plunge. And the two people who were gonna do it had, and they were so calm, cool and collected, but we were all like hyping each other up out on the deck, which was so fun. And then I was like the third in line and I was like, oh God, this is gonna be so hard. Cause like, I have to do it now. There's all these other participants watching and cheering me on and, filming and so I like go for it I get in I'm just like I, I start having like a huge emotional release like I don't know if I was releasing birth trauma or what but like the shock and the pain of the cold had me like just breaking open so as my, I'm starting to realize I'm about to cry or I am crying I close my eyes because I'm just you know I'm embarrassed like there's all these people watching that I don't really know Jeff was in the room being sick and I'm just kind of like trying to breathe through it I was not going to get out and they're like Garrett Sam's here Sam's here and I felt um, someone behind me so I assumed he was behind me I didn't know it was actually one of the participants who was timing me that was behind me and so when I opened my eyes, I assumed that like I was going to see the same people there. But when I opened my eyes, Sam was right across the tub for me, like right in front of me, like looking me straight in the eye. And I like had this massive overwhelm of like shock once I was kind of scared and surprised. Like I didn't I thought I thought he was behind me, like hand on my shoulder, not in front of me. So shock, embarrassment because I'm crying and then like emotional release and comfort knowing that like I had my teacher right there. So that was this like really cool moment. Um, I stayed in for two minutes, which was great. Um, I was actually experiencing experiencing some chills for a while, even through the breathwork session after. Um, but that was a great session. And then we did a cold exposure hike. So if you guys have heard of Wim Hof, who is the creator of you know this type of 
breathwork. He has his own methodology. It's similar to like holotropic breathing, but um, he's got an app. You should check it out. He's amazing. Um, he is this older man who the story goes, and this is just one story I've heard from him on a podcast, um, that after his wife, I think, committed suicide, he was in a deep depression and he'd go down by this lake every day and one one day he just decided to get in and it was like literally a frozen lake um, or almost all the way frozen and um, and he just all of a sudden felt these systems kick on in his body and so he started doing it every day and feeling all these amazing mental health benefits and it helped him get through and process his grief so then he got into breath work and so on and so forth so he's known for having climbed up to the death zone at Everest in shorts and like flip-flops or some type of flip-flop like contra- uh, contraptions on his feet. And so we know that you can actually survive and especially if you're moving, right? And what was crazy is we get to the parking lot and we're all in like, you know, full gear and we take our clothes off and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like this is really cold. And it was a mountain I've actually hiked before, Snow King, but I boot packed it straight up in like snow pants. I didn't like do the trail, the long winding trail. And um, so we take our clothes off. And I guess you can do this sort of, and I'll probably post pictures of it soon, um, where you're kind of like squatting wide, almost like a plie squat. So you get your quads activated, and then you move your hands across your chest to warm up your pecs and your quads since those are bigger core muscles. And then it helps with, you know, keeping your body, getting your body like to, to warm up. So we start hiking and that was a hilarious thing because there's this one icy spot and we couldn't get up the mountain and I didn't put my spikes on so I was slipping and Sam had to like come rescue me and it was just I have a big cut on my knee right now. It was hilarious. Uh, but once we got up that, it was smooth sailing, and I basically held like a bear crawl position, trying to not slide all the way down the mountain right in the beginning. That my body, like I was sweating, I was sweating, and it was like thirty some degrees out and snowing, which you know is water touching your body, which can be cold. But um, I never got cold. Actually, that's a lie. I got cold once. We paused about two thirds or three quarters of the way up while Allie, the uh, photographer, got out her drone. And I was like, guys, I got to keep walking because like I'm getting cold. So we hiked for, I think it took us two hours to get up and we were taking our time. We weren't like trying to do it quickly. But for two hours, I was in shorts that had no inner lining and a sports bra and socks and shoes and a hat and uh, a neck warmer and mittens. But because you want to keep like obviously your fingers and toes cold or warm. That was incredible. And then when we got to the top, um, there was this huge wind gust coming at us and we had kind of stopped to take some photos and I got really cold really fast. So we put our gear on and um, and then trekked down. So I think it was three hours of being outside, but two hours in exposure. Um, and I had plunged that morning. So my body went from like, oh, that was the other thing. Sam was like, don't get too hot. Don't, if you can avoid taking a, a hot shower before the hike, do so. Because if you take a really hot shower, even though it feels so good, your body's going to start working to offload heat. And you don't want it offloading heat before it needs heat during the exposure. So I start the day feeling hot, drinking coffee. Then I cold plunge. Then I'm shivering through breath work. I take a hot shower, like he said not to. Uh, I start dumping my heat then I'm like chilly and then we start the hike and I'm hot and then I'm cold coming down it was nutty and only the beginning um and then that night we went out uh to dinner um in town at a pizza place which was super cool 
um, and came home and hung out. And then the next day, uh, we started with breath work again. And this one was, this was, oh, this was the coolest. So we had these sn team snowsuits that we had rented with boots and helmets. We had all the right gear. And we basically drove, Jeff trailered one of the um, snowmobile trailers and the other two guys trailered the other ones. And then Sam drove a bus of the rest of, of us. Um, and we went out to this trailhead off the grid, no cell service, in a snowstorm, very low visibility. And we went snowmobiling out to this part of the river where there's a waterfall and a hot spring. And it was just oh my god it was the coolest like it was next level and I just remember being like kind of scared like it reminded me of situations my parents put me in or more like my dad that I didn't realize I was getting into that at the time I was like oh god I didn't know this is what we were doing and like oh this is going to be hard and I don't know but you're in a group so you're not going to say no right so the example I'm thinking of is I had had the privilege it felt like not fun when I was a kid, but looking back, it was amazing, of doing ski school when I was little. And out in Colorado, my grandpa would always put us in ski school, and I was pretty good, so I'd get in these groups, and then our instructor would be like, yep, we're doing this, um, you know, we're doing the wall today, and I'd be like, what? Like, I don't want to do the wall. I'm too scared to do the wall, and then the teacher's like, nope, okay, this is how you do it. So-and-so's going to go first, and then you're just, like, in line, and you're just, like, dropping in on the wall in snow mass. Um, and so I had some experiences in my life at, were like at camp. Like I remember Camp Crosley in Indiana where I met Hayden Penetier, which is hilarious. Um, we had to like jump in in this murky area of water where I knew that there were fish swimming and I used to be so scared, I still kind of am, of like fish in the water next to me. And we had to swim four laps, no goggles there and back in order to do like the free play fun swim with shoes on, which is really hard. And I was like nine and I was like, all right, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. And so here we are, we get to, it's a snowstorm. There's snow all over our helmets. There's snow all over our gear. We have to take our gear off and figure out how to get it under a tree so it stays dry. I wrapped my mittens in the snowsuit and then take our boots and socks off uh, put our water shoes on. Some of us didn't have water shoes. I did. Um, and then put our neck warmer and our hat back on. We wore our suits under our snowsuits. Uh, and then I had to pee so bad that the first thing I did is I sat down in the river. And it was so cold that one of my fingers felt like it was going to explode. It was next level. Um, but then you knew, you know, like there's a hot spring right across the river. So as soon as you cross, no matter how cold it is, even if you sit in the water like I did, um, you have a hot spring. So you go from burning cold like prickly burning cold to like blazing hot and right when it came where it came out of this waterfall it was so hot that like you really it was like uncomfortably hot it's probably like 103 to 5 degrees and then towards the edge the outer edge of the hot tub it was not as hot so there had like you could like pick your temp essentially in nature so then we would get too hot, like literally, like, you know, when you're in a hot tub, you're like, oh, this is too hot. I got to get out. Then you'd get out and you'd be like, oh my God, I'm so cold, like pretty instantly because it was, you know, snowing and 30 degrees, but you'd have to get out to go do the cold plunge. So we'd get out, you're hot, you get out and then you're like, oh my God, I'm already cold. And then you have to get in the cold river under the waterfall. So I did a quick drop in with Jeff, like literally, like we just went under all the way and came up. So we didn't hold it for two minutes to get the benefits, which I will not forget to talk about. Um, but we we got our hair wet and that was a big, I, I kind of regret doing it. Not really, but um, I had to drive back with wet hair. So then we got back in the hot tub and got super hot. I got back out and got back in the cold water just to pee again. Then we got back in the heat and then we did a group 
plunge and we were probably only in there for like 30 seconds um and then back in the hot tub and then we had to cross the river again and with wet feet figure out how to stand on um sam had gifted us these amazing towels um i'll have to find the brand and link it they're like these dry type of towels that swimmers wear but like ponchos that you can change under and then towels and we just basically stood on top of these towels in the snow barefoot and put all of our gear back on and then packed up our wet towels in you know our backpacks or whatever um but it was just so amazing to commune with like mother earth and sam i kind of want to get into like some of the content but i don't want to spend too much time just because i'm never going to regurgitate it the way that sam taught it it's not my expertise it's not my my lesson to teach right but i do just want to share some of the things that i took away because um i can't stop thinking about it quite honestly um so before I do that, I'll just sum up the rest of it. So we went home. We had an amazing family-style dinner that night. Um, we all just hung out around the house, warmed up, etc. And then the last morning, we did this breathwork session that was tr- a true, like, most similar to holotropic breathing. Sam calls it connected breathing, where you're just going into the nose, out through the nose, like, or wait, I have a stuffy nose, or so you're doing either just mouth mouth or nose nose and you we did it for like an over a little over an hour and he's helping us keep the pace um and he was playing drums and my fingers because it's really normal for your fingers and your toes and even your head to get like super buzzy uh and in that process it can also feel like paralysis you can go into states where you feel like you don't need to breathe at all anymore and you just stop breathing for a while um so many interesting things can happen, uh, but what I'll share about my experience is that I felt like some energetic was pinning me to the ground, like 10th chakra, earth star chakra, like this is what grounded is, like this is what grounded is, like feel the ground, feel the ground, like I just felt so heavy on the earth, but yet I felt my brain so disconnected from my body and so free and, and I was becoming pure consciousness. Like I got scared about fading out of my body so much so that I opened my eyes and like raised a hand. Like I was just like freaked out. And then I c- came back into it. And then at one point Jeff grabbed my hand and we were probably holding hands for like 25, 30 minutes. So long and so buzzy that like we both told each other later, like we did not know whose hand was whose. It was almost like doing MDMA. Um, that was nuts. And um I didn't really have any expectations. I wasn't like, I'm going to meditate to manifest a million dollars or I'm going to meditate to have a, you know, make this goal happen. It was literally just like, I'm going to try this thing called breathwork and follow Sam's guidance. And I got a couple, like, I feel like spirit baby messages, which was pretty cool. But really my biggest uh, takeaway from that session, especially that last one, was that It was alchemical, meaning it was alchemy. It was the chemistry shifted so much in my body. And he talked about how oxygen fuels the mitochondria, which produce ATP, which a lot of you, if you're like me who took like ninth grade AP bio, like you remember this, um, it's like they're spinning in the cell. Like the cell is becoming alive, or as Sam would say, like electrolyte. Like electrolytes are is are you know like salts change the chemistry i'm totally gonna butcher this but like they change the molecular structure of the water so that it's like energized or giving energy it's like electro lit carrying light so that we can be more optimally run and he was giving this example where he's just spinning his finger in a circle and he's like that's happening obviously 
at a global level, but like in the literal micro individual cell level, like by having, you know, salted water, we talked a lot about salt and minerals, which is a huge trend in wellness right now. And, you know, we spent a lot of time on minerals in, um, at the full circle feminine retreat last fall that I hosted with, um, Dr. Ali Duffy and, um, Meg Gerber. And it was just really cool to hear Sam's perspective on it because we were crushing elements all weekend. Like it was just like, there were elements all over the house. We were gifted element. Like we were all just constantly drinking it. Um, but then we really got the background info on how and why we should be salting our water and getting minerals, which again, I knew a lot of, but I loved how Sam was saying it's, you know, you're becoming electrolyte and lit up from the inside out and having the energy centers like optimize at, uh, to their fullest potential. So that was super cool. And, I don't feel like I can put into words that alchemical experience of just my whole body feeling like it was alive on the cellular level and feeling so grounded and um, and then feeling like I was fading into pure consciousness and not in my body anymore. It was, I just like will never forget. Um, and then the last thing I'll share before I talk about like some of the benefits we learned about from Sam, from cold plunging, um, is that the people, like so many amazing people. Um, I didn't process this till on my way home, but I think there were technically like more women than men, but it was such a lovey-dovey space. Like everyone was hugging and hands-on and lovey and people were braiding each other's hair and it was just so like touchy-feely and I, I don't want to sound creepy in that way, but it was just really, really loving and What's interesting is I heard this thing on TikTok about how women are a little bit more oxytocin driven, which makes sense, right? Because we need oxytocin to get pregnant, stay pregnant, produce breast milk, have a healthy birth, and heal postpartum. And I know that, which is really the underpinning of what we're trying to do at Cozy Cozy with our products is create products that take you out of fight or flight so you can experience more of that oxytocin because of the health benefits and that men are more dopamine driven and everything we were doing with cold plunging affects your dopamine receptors. And so what was interesting is it could have gotten real masculine real quick with that dopamine reward center, but because of the feminine and femininity there, there was this layer of oxytocin that like I was present to there, but I wasn't like aware of it being oxytocin. I was aware of the nurturing, loving environment. So that was really cool. Um, so anyway, the people were amazing and I won't blow up their spot and name them all out, but like just if you're listening to like you are amazing and I'm so glad that I got to meet each and every one of the participants and people there and I believe we were all brought there for a reason. So that was sacred. Um, so before we wrap up, um, the cold plunging. Okay, so I got a lot of questions on this and I'm just going to try to share some of the facts that I'm remembering. I, once again, am not trained in this. I am not, um, you know, trying to pretend to know anything. I just want to share my experience. Um, and you guys can follow Sam on Instagram to learn more um, and anything, anyone he shares so that you can learn from them. So, the water that we got in on the back deck and, and likely in the river uh, was in the 30s. I think it was low 30s. 30s is hard, and I don't think they recommend going any lower than that. Um, but the edge of theory tub, I guess, can go between 30 and I think I'm probably going to butcher this, but like 50-something. And that's what their own modulator that can come with the tub. Because we were in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and it's snowing outside, 
we didn't need any modulation. We just put water in the tub on its own and let nature do its thing, right? And it ended up being around 30-something. And so that's really cold. And I do think that in some schools of thought, like the colder the better. But Sam made a really good point. He's like, if you're experiencing a lot of stress, putting yourself through more added stress may not be the right answer. He's like, there's some days where I'm just like, I want a cold plunge because it's good for me and I know that it's supportive in doses and it's part of my routine for wellness, but I, I am not about to do 30. So he'll do 55 for a while and then some days he goes back to even colder. So I really liked that because it's sort of like permission to intuitively feel into like what is best for you. And you can also work your way to colder temperatures, especially if you're using that type of tub where you can actually modulate temp and not just put a nice bath together and cross your fingers. Um, and I really am like hoping Jeff and I can get a, a cold tub this summer. So uh, I found that really interesting. And what it does is it turns on the brown fat system in your body to burn energy from that. Um, and you can Google that to like learn more about the brown fat system. I don't even want to try to explain it because that's really not what I, I'm here to do. Um, however, the other really cool thing is, is it does kick on our dopamine receptors. So it changes our threshold for pain and it changes and it gives us an almost um, automatic sort of feeling of reward, right? And of, of pride of doing, of doing the hard things and it unlocks these survival mechanisms, right? So if you were, um, out in the wilderness and you didn't have your, um, I don't know, you didn't have clothes or something, your body would turn on the mechanisms to keep heating yourself up, and those mechanisms that may or may not involve dopamine and adrenaline and other neurochemicals um, produces long-term, long-lasting health benefits like boosted immunity. And what I remembered when I was there is that I listened to a podcast with Joe Rogan that I thought would be kind of boring. This was back in, I think, 2020. And it was some guy that's all about getting uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, duh, like, yeah, we should all get uncomfortable. And like, that's good. But what he was talking about is that for so many thousands of years, humans were just constantly in uncomfortable situations where they were requiring their bodies to do survival mechanisms day in and day out, right? So if it's so super hot outside, there was no air conditioning. So their body was was doing things to cool them down and then vice versa, doing things to heat them up. And those mechanisms that we all have as human beings to do that were part of what signaled to the body as a reward every time it would do it successfully that you're that you're surviving, right? And survival is what we're here to do, survive and thrive. And so in our day and age, when we're constantly comfortable all the time, warm showers, coats outside, you're a little hot, put your window down or turn on the air conditioning. Like we're constantly comfortable that it, we're sort of, we're not firing these um these mechanisms in the body that once fired signal longevity and survival, um, which are our longevity genes. And I'm probably not saying it as eloquently or scientifically as I could, but like I said, I'm not the teacher on this one. I'm just sharing what I remember and the dots I'm connecting. So that was really cool because, um, you know, there is something to, to say about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations mentally, emotionally, and in this case, physi- physically or physiologically, um, because, as that's happening, like you get in the cold, the 32 degree cold tub and that first minute sucks. Like it is 
awful. Um, and when you do it in a controlled situation like I was where you have people supporting you so you literally don't get out, you know you're going to do that and you know on the other side of one minute you're going to feel better. It's not like it all of a sudden feels like you're getting a massage by any means, but it's less alarming because those systems kick on and those systems start to help you regulate. And that regulation leads to, um, you know, the survival mechanisms and, and those longevity genes. So that was really cool to be in this Zen space and doing things to stress ourselves out purposefully um, to be well. Um, and that was that was just so incredibly empowering. And um, I think that the metaphor and the, you know, title of this podcast, like Wounds to Wisdom, is that, you know, doing something hard, like forcing yourself to get into a cold tub can metaphorically and, you know, mentally allow you to feel the grit needed to get through other hard parts of the day. And sometimes you're like, okay, do I really want, you know, what's easier? Send this email that's going to be annoying or get in a cold tub. You're like, oh, the email sounds a little easier than getting in the cold tub again, right? So it sets you up mentally for a lot of grit and a lot of success. And I think that what I've learned is after coming out of having a baby and how hard postpartum was, um, postpartum was hard. And I got into a little bit of a victim mode in that unintentionally because I felt so victimized by postpartum and I needed to give myself grace that sometimes I think I went past giving myself grace and giving myself like, oh, you don't need to do that or don't push yourself there when pushing myself in certain areas. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Everything happens for a reason. But, you know, as I think about having another baby, I'm like, you know what? I am going to do some of these things postpartum that I know are going to feel hard in the moment, but that are going to help me get out of the funk that I had after Declan. So that was really cool. Um, and again, I'm not the expert. I'm not going to spit science at you. But if you have any interest in learning from Sam, he's one of those people that will be spitting out this research paper and that research paper and this study over that study. And he's just so knowledgeable in it all that I highly, highly, highly recommend you follow him and you uh, experience the wisdom and knowledge that is just what he is the field for. Um and that is the part that makes in, you know, in-person experiences so, so powerful. Like and my teacher always says this, which I love so much, but she said, you know, Jesus wasn't a, um, he wasn't going around saying, here's how you heal and here's step one and here's step two. And he, let me teach you healing. She always says he just was healing. Like his, his field of energy was healing, which is why they say a lot of times like that, your field, like it's all about your field of, of energetic potential, right? So Jesus wasn't healing people. He was just healing. His energetic was healing. And not to like in Sam to Jesus, we made jokes about being in a cult all the time, which was so funny. Um, but, you know, it was about the fact that his energetics around supporting people in the inquiry of discovering their own nature was unparalleled. And that to me was really cool. So I'll wrap up with that. He said, you know, we go to the nature. He always calls it the nature, which I love. We go to the nature to learn about ourselves and our human experience and explore our human potential. And we have the potential for greatness. And I mean, that's beautiful in and of itself, but that then we can come into remembering about our own nature and what is our own nature. And for me, I had all these memories of that part of my nature and my essence has always been a heck of a lot of adventure. And whether that was 
skiing backcountry at a young age or water skiing in random lakes across the U.S. with my dad, um, height or camping where there was a grizzly bear nearby, like stuff like that has always been this wild part of me. And so when we think about, I hate the word law of attraction, I hate the phrase law of attraction, but I like frequency. If that's my essence, then my frequency is going to attract things like the Jackson Hole winter experience or winter adventure, right? Because my nature is to do things like this. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this thing to then get this because that's what I think I need to then be a whole person. It's just like, no, like this is who I am being. And so then because of who I'm being, these things just show up. So um, no, I wasn't searching the internet for cold exposure therapy retreats. I just happened to follow Sam, was attracted to what he's doing. And when Jackson Hole popped up and it's Jeff's favorite place in the US and Jeff had a birthday coming up, it just seemed like the, the, right, the right time and the right place. So I share that to help you guys see that um, things fall into into place also how and when they are supposed to and all you have to do is set the intention like I made my master timeline for 2023 which is a more spiritual way of saying in my mind of saying like what are my goals for 2023 and I put couples retreat and instead of this being like a quote couples retreat it was a retreat that we went on as a couple which is super cool Um, but it just showed up and it showed up right at the right time where we hadn't made plans and so trust what you're being guided to and trust who you follow. Um, and yeah. And, and if you are a teacher, you never know who is looking at your stuff and who you're going to attract. Of course, being someone that hosts retreats, I had to ask all the participants and we all went around about like, how did we find out about this and what brought us here? And two people came because of other people sharing it not even Sam. And they're just like, oh, hey, this looks really cool. I'm going to do this. And like, how cool. They just saw it on Instagram. So never underestimate the power of Instagram and connection and, you know, what you what you believe in and and where you are um, being called to go and to adventure. And, um, you know, maybe this is an invitation to uh, tune into your own nature this week. Uh, so, okay, one more thing. Um, the wounds that we have, uh, are our wisdom. And it's a John Martini thing. I'm sure many other teachers have said it too. But when we really know our heartbreak, we can really tune into like what we're here to do. And my heartbreak as a five-year-old was my dad leaving for Korea. Many of you who listen to this podcast, you're like, Garrett, give it up. We know, we know. <laughs> I'm like, I know, we all know. But in case you're new here. And that fissure in my relationship with him um, was a heartbreak. It was my heart breaking open. And something I thought about recently was that, um, I went to Korea to visit my dad with my mom and they were still married at the time. And we actually went to an orphanage at Christmas to bring little kids, um, presents. And it's like, I'm connecting these dots now because I had a spiritual shaman ask me to like, remember my why last, um, January. He's like, you need to come back to your why. And then I did another drop in with Alexandra, my spiritual teacher. And I like connected all these dots, but the pain of feeling that broken 
bond between my dad and I, which is, you know, the parent-child relationship. And then being witness at a very young age to all these little kiddos who did not have mommies and daddies. Because when you lose, when you feel like you're losing one parent because they're going away for a year, you lean pretty damn heavily on the other, right? And I had my mom, so I'd lean on her a lot. Um, being around these kids that didn't have, um, that didn't have parents, like broke my heart open. And so anyway, I had this whole moment last January where I was just like, that's my why with Cozy Cozy. It's just like, how can I make sure that moms feel like they can bond with their babies? Because that bond is, is everything to me. And like, I can cry thinking about it. But it's funny because the word adoption came to me uh, when I was investigating all of this. And I just find that so interesting because my teacher later when after the drop-in was like, so what came through? I was like, I don't know. It's just like the word adoption. But like, I've never been adopted. And like, I don't really like plan on adopting, but I've thought about it. I've actually thought maybe I'd want to over IVF in this lifetime. We'll see. But like, I wasn't adopted or, or abandoned really. She's like, well, what about your dad? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Okay. I felt abandoned. And so it opened up this whole heart opening wound that like is driving me to create what we're creating at Cozy Cozy. It's so much bigger than just like selling a product, right? And that's just one wound of mine, right? I have another wound around money in my family. And that wound is this like oil lighting my fire to be successful, which is is my wisdom and it sometimes I wish it wasn't, right? We don't get to choose our wounds and the more we can commune with our pain, the more we can get in touch with our wisdom coming out of that pain. But you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, like that bad thing happened and it probably helps me with." It. It's like you have to be with that bad thing to alchemize it and to heal that to then have the true vantage point of what you're actually looking at to have the wisdom. It's like it's like the people who go to ski slopes, and no offense, this is just the metaphor that's coming to me, they like don't ski the slopes and say they love Aspen. It's like, no, if you went to Aspen and you skied Aspen, you'd probably talk to someone who would tell you to go ski Snowmass and then you'd get that Snowmass is better than Aspen and you'd have the wisdom to know why you go to Aspen. And I'm just making this example up for the sake of it, but like because I know Aspen very well. Aspen skiing, unless your backcountry sucks and snowmass is, is better, just general pop. That's my own opinion. But I go to Aspen for dinner. So my point is like if you haven't gone all the way in to the mountains of your own wounds and skied them and felt the land and done the experience, then you really have no right to say what the skiing's like, you know, proverbially here with your wounds. And so going through pain versus looking at it and seeing it is a whole alchemical process that takes moving through it and it's very akin to sitting in that damn cold water and that is the healing of the cold water to me is turning your wounds into your wisdom by being brave enough and gritty enough and willing enough to actually sit in it and so you know Wim Hof's story is very similar Um, I think he's the person who really popularized cold plunging and all of that in that it takes a lot of um, of courage and grit and whatever. And some people find it when they have nothing else left. So they're like, I'm just going to do this because I'm in pain right now and I want the pain to go away. But um, 
the benefits of moving through grief and moving through other things will come from that experience. So um, again, I am so grateful for Sam. I'm linking his Instagram below. Um, I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm grateful to my husband for being open to it. I feel still feel so awful that he is he missed half of it, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So um it is what it is. He got a lot out of it and he had a massive breakthrough in that last session and it brought him to tears and my arms. Um, so if that tells you anything, stuff is potent. Um, but thank you for listening. Like I said, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this quick, but there's just too much to share. So if you're still with me, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. If you have questions, comments, concerns, let me know. You can always DM me. I always put my email in the show notes. Um, we've got some other very exciting episodes coming up for you guys. And if you have other solo cast requests, please DM me guys. I am an open book if you didn't know by now and love to share and support along the journey that we're all in together called life. So thank you so much for being here. Sending so much love to you wherever you are. I'm just being here. Is you know, if you're one of the listeners shows like what type of journey you're on in this lifetime and we're all journeying together. So I'm on the journey with you and honor the courage in you to be on it. Sending lots of love. Stay cozy.